0: Uh, Kempi, good morning, Nick Arima to the Warriors. Morning, do you like the sound of that,
1: mate? I think um, I think that the answer to it, do they need a halfback here um, asap is yes, they do. Uh, what I don't like about that is saying that uh, young Davida Harris is is not the player for them in the future. Is it, you know, I would be trying to like I said to your boys the other day, trying to secure him up as soon as possible. I think he's a he's a prodigal talent, but. You know, the story's not in Nick Arima, mate. The story's in Isaac Moses, like you pitched right at the front. You know, you've got a player manager that has 14 players at Brisbane and their coaching staff, and it's starting to look the same here at the Warriors where a player manager is starting to determine the shifting of players between clubs and the spending of the salary cap. Um, I seem to think there's a little bit more going on here, boys. You know, you, you look at the, the Sean Johnson scenario, you, you get rid of Sean Johnson, you haven't got a plan in the back, back end of it. Now we're talking about Cody Nicarima coming off a contract that he's hit uh, at Brisbane for 2020. They haven't got anyone to fill the place. So you've got to be thinking about who Moses is moving around between clubs to get the deal done. Um, and the other part of it I'm, I'm sort of thinking about is, I wonder where the salary cap sits in amongst all these dealings. Now, was Sean Johnson moved on because he um, decided that he he didn't want to negotiate a, a contract that he already had, or... Is there anything a little bit more sinister in it? Is that they were under a little bit of salary cap pressure and they needed the money, so possibly they probably don't have the the amount of money, mate, that, that everyone's thinking that they have. And maybe maybe they have to to get money in to to, to get them back to uh, be salary cap compliant. You know, just there's a few other things going on in the background. Um, I don't like what's going on with Isaac Moses. I think you know Cameron George has got to be really careful about. Um, associating himself with one player manager, especially when he has basically everybody in his club on that same book. Um, and for me, it just sort of, it doesn't smell right. There's something else going on between
0: the lines. But Kempi, hasn't this happened at the Warriors before? I'm thinking back in the Daniel Anderson days. I'm thinking Jim Ban- I'm thinking Jim Bannigan with the guys that he, had, that he had in there. And can you just talk to us about, does this happen at clubs a lot? Like, it, do, do clubs get a favourite manager that they deal with?
1: Oh, one hundred percent. You're dead right. You know, I was part of that um, that setup when Jim Bannigan and Daniel Anderson worked the roster at the club, and and we all know where that ended up. You know, we lost the Ali Leltides, um, You know, Stacey Jones went to France. It was just a it was a nightmare that they were shifting players around left, right, and centre. And and you're right. The player managers have such a big say in what's going on in the club that. Um, it does have an effect on on what's actually happening for the, not only to the club here, but the rest of the rest of the clubs in the competition. Is it part of part of me, Nate has, You have to wonder who's actually running the game. You know, mm-hmm. is it is it the clubs in the NRL or is it player managers? And for me, you know, this whole I, I think that there's more to the story and Moses and what he's doing here, like he's done Brisbane, like he's done. You know, with the Tedescos and the West Tiger boys taking them to Sydney City, and who is moving around so that this club is getting who they want and other clubs are getting who they want. Um, but there seems to be a, a bit more to it than just Cody Nicarima coming here this time of year. I think there's, there may be something else in the background that we get to hear of.
0: Do you think that the Broncos would be willing to let Nicarima go? And if so, how do you think he would fit into the Warriors?
1: well you've got to have a look at, you've got to have a look at that mate. you know, you know they' are sitting two wins out of six similar to the warriors uh, the worst start that they've had in their their career to a to a um a competition so you're wondering why they're letting in their, their first pick halfback go in such a a time in the in the competition where they actually need wins you know they it's not as if they've got a red halfback sitting in the wings like the warriors uh, pretty similar in that boat to to come along and and get them those wins, so I just think that you know Anthony Seabold, you have got to look at that too. Now is has he done a deal somewhere else along the go, on the go? He's another Mitchell, uh, he's another Moses uh, coach. Has he done another deal with a South Sydney player to bring to the club? If so, who is it? And and where where do the the musical chairs stop? You know, does it someone South South go to Brisbane? Brisbane go to the Warriors? what 's What else is happening in the background that 's what we need to know
0: i mean what 's your assessment been though of Nikarima as a halfback since he was elevated by Wayne Bennett a year or two ago to be a starting half
1: well he 's not Sean johnson um, you know he has he has played well for New Zealand on the occasion, um, but he hasn 't stood out in the competition as such as a marquee halfback I think you know that 's the reason why I throw the salary cap in there, boys. I think that if they do get Cody Nikarima, he's probably a $300,000 to $400,000 player. He's not a million-dollar player, um, which leads me to believe that there isn't that much money in the coppers. Um, and I think they're paying for what they get. He's not, he's not a marquee halfback. He's, a, he's another player that they're hoping to bring over here, is going to go under, all right under Kearney um, and build for the future at 25. But he's not someone like Daly cherry Evans um, or, or, or the likes. They can come over here and demand a million dollars because I just don't think they have the money, mate. I think everyone's saying they've got a million dollars. I don't think that's true.
0: Tony, keep with us on Radio Sports 744. How much of the Knights did you catch yesterday? Mitchell, Pearce and Ponga and the way they went in that win, uh, that very impressive win against the Yales, Tony. And we've got the, now the Knights coming to town to play the Warriors in Auckland on Sunday. What do you think about that game?
1: Yeah, look, I caught the whole game, and you know, obviously, my old club. I like watching the other boys go. And they, they've been struggling with their. I think their record was five, uh, five and one before the, the game. I'm sitting rooted to the bottom. They played well, mate. I thought I thought Kalum Ponga back at fullback is, you know, his number one position. He's not a five eight yet. That takes a while to, to get back into that spot. Um, but they they looked enthusiastic and ready to play, and you know that's what they they really need to do to. When they come here, I guess show up with that same type of attitude. But you know, you can't pick you can't pick the comp in that bottom harder the moment. Teams are winning, power wins by fifty last week, and then they get towed up by the bottom of the oh. the table last night. You know, so uh, how do I think they go? How they went? I was watching the game and I was thinking, you know, the Warriors would be better to spend the money on Mitchell Pearce and bringing someone with his caliber here because if you have watched him play, that's the type of player that takes the line on and and can lead a, a, a team around the park that the Warriors need. And on the back of, you know, Blair and Grint and Isaac Luke that are probably I say the best as well behind them them three and, and looking to, to shore up some money, why not go after someone like a Mitchell Pearce um, than a Cody Nikareem? I think that's a better spend.
0: So who's football manager? Which football manager swore the loudest? Was it the Sharks when they saw Sean Johnson pull up <laughs> there with that hamstring, or is it Manly having a look at Deli Cherry Evans there with his um with his ankle?
1: You know, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's actually quite funny. I, I think that Des has... I've seen Des kick kick doors off hinges. <laughs> uh, he, would, he would have been yelling. Um, look, I think uh, Sean Johnson going down with the form that he's just starting to hit was... You know, you've got a young coach. He, he can't he can't kick a field goal at the moment. He's got half a dozen of his first-team first players on the sideline. So, Cronulla are going to come back with a hiss and a roar, I think the, I think the, the biggest blob on the weekend was Craig Bellamy again. The way that he was carrying on the box, I don't know if you guys <laughs> watched that, um, but I thought he was going to have a heart attack, mate. You know, he was he was withdrawn and looked like you know his face his face started to sink and I just love watching the, his um, reaction in the box. I think if you ever see a coach wear his heart on his sleeves, just just get some clips of, sh- um, of Craig Bellamy. It's it's one of the most funniest things I've ever seen.
0: If you threw together some of the yeah. best clips, the absolute best of Bellamy over the years, you would think he coached one of the worst teams oh in the God. entire competition. That's 6-1.